Hello, Joel here. I've got a new book out. It's called Be Funny or Die. How comedy works and why it matters. And it's about how comedy works and why it matters. Why human beings tell jokes and then what that tells us about being human beings. So if you're a human being and you enjoy laughing and then want to know what the hell's going on with that, it's probably a pretty good book to read. It's called Be Funny or Die. It's in shops. You can buy it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cheese and pickle. Hello, this is Comfort Blanket and I'm Joel Morris. I'm going to be talking to someone who makes cool stuff that I like about some warm stuff that they like. A book or a TV show or a film or a record they go back to again and again for comfort. This time I'm talking to the actor and comedian Paul Putner. Paul's a familiar face to anyone who loves comedy. He pops up in just about everything and he's been on the circuit for ages. Um, And he's just one of those faces that's very welcome because you know it's going to be good. Uh, And Paul has chosen which will be unsurprising to anyone who knows him, the band Madness. Paul is obsessed with Madness and has been obsessed with them since he was very small. And he has chosen, and I think this is brilliant, not Madness's records or uh, greatest hits, but the video collection, Divine Madness. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! This is the heavy, heavy monster sound. The nuttiest sound around. So if you've come in off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rock-steady beat of madness. One step beyond. Right, you have chosen probably the nuttiest choice so far. I mean, I don't think many of the choices so far have been particularly nutty. This might be uniquely nutty. I think, yeah, and I've chosen the topic, (laughs) the chocolate bar. (laughs) No, of course not. A different sort of nutty entirely. Yes, yes. No, no, because you have chosen Madness, Yeah, which you're a huge fan of. But I think, interestingly, because I sort of said, what would you choose in Madness? And the answer is, you need to choose the videos. Yeah, that's their classic album. That's their Sgt. Pepper. I, I think so. <laughs> the, the, you see, what happened was they came out with a greatest hits album in 1982 called Complete Madness. And it's crazy. There must have been about six or seven top 10 hits on this album and they'd only been going three years <laughs> I mean, yes 1979 to 82 yeah, so, yeah and they brought out an accompanying collection of their videos uh, on VHS yeah and I I think it was really really expensive 
Really? Yeah, like VHS is used to be. Everyone forgets this. That it used to be to buy a, like if you wanted to buy Jaws, it was yeah. like seventy five quid. Yeah. But, and that was back in, like, 1984. Uh, yeah. I remember going to HMV and I thinking, I might buy one of those films I like. And it was like, it's to own a film was like, they treated you like you were a cinema. And you yeah. were, like, buying the film to show to yeah, people. Yes. <laughs> well, I had a friend who was the manager of HMV in Ealing. And he said that they get, like, three copies on VHS of The Untouchables. Yeah. And people would be queuing outside <laughs> to buy them. And the Unbuyables. What I did, I rented it from a service station. <laughs> and because we had two VCRs, we had an old one and a new one. And so I pirated it. So if anyone from Stiff Records or Madness are listening, yeah. I am sorry. I've still got this tape in, really? in one of those sort of made to look like a book cover. Yeah, yeah. With Mike Barson on the front dressed as a policeman. Do you used to decorate your VHSs? Yes. Oh. Yeah, like exercise books. <laughs> and I used to tape any madness appearance after the compilation. So any kind of uh, Top of the Pops or uh, Saturday Banana or anything like that. I How would... old are you around the time when the VHS comes out? I'm 15, 16. So like prime time for a band to be your whole life. Yes. So I was 16. My dad would sort of get in from the fun fair or something and go, oh, I saw Al Smudge. Was on the was on the telly. I've recorded it for you, so oh. he captured all these things, and I still have this tape. That's but yeah. the divine madness to have them on DVD, where it's not this murky with so tracking. This, this is the this edition comes out in about two thousand and two. Yes, the, I mean, divine madness was like their comeback, a compilation album. It was released in nineteen ninety two, and because um, they're their revival was been hugely successful. Well, this is Madstock, isn't it? Where they, yes. they, they, they've split up, they've gone away, and they come back and they do a sensational live gig, and yeah. everyone goes, I remember Madness from four or five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> As I if know. everyone wipes them from their memory. I know. But yeah, it felt like a long time it, back then. Back then it was a long time. And and yes, so they, they brought a, a reissued Divine Madness in yeah the early noughties, and I and this is the, uh, the DVD, which I like to put on and uh, wrap myself around it, you know, like comfort blanket. Well, if you say Madness videos, everyone knows what you mean because mm. they're a very visual band. You've yeah. seen the, if you've only ever seen a still of Madness, you've probably very likely have seen a still from one of their videos. The front cover of Divine Madness, yes. is, it's a still from the video, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know what they look like, you know their feel, their aesthetic and their vibe. So what you're talking about with this DVD, which is 28 Madness videos, is it's reminding you not only of those videos, but also of you making your own video and reminding you of like when you used to yes. dream of having 28 Madness videos on a little disc. Yeah, yeah. And and here they are in, in, in HD quality. Well, they all shot on film, but certainly better than my VHS copy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny relationship with archive stuff where, where the nostalgia is there, that you, that you want the thing that you grew up with. Mm. But the thing you grew up with might have been terrible, might have been like fifth generation. Yeah. Because we did the um, Ghost Stories for Christmas recently, which I know from a sixth generation VHS that my friend Mark gave me in a shot once. 
which made them scarier because you couldn't see what was in any of the front. You get leaning into the frame looking, is that a ghost or is it just a shadow? Is it a blur? <laughs> is it my reflection yeah, of the TV screen? The whole thing was in fog. It made it sort of twice as scary. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. the relationship you've got with those sort of rolling old VHSs that often mm. you'd either buy from the shop or copy third generation or you get off mates, mm. that sort of crunchiness of it is part of the, mm. the, 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 the memory. And then when you get it crisp, mm. you really feel like you've now... That's why they keep reissuing things like The Prisoner again. Yes. Oh, God, it looks even more... The reds are even more red. Yeah, yeah. But actually, that's not how you experienced it the first time at all. The thing that the DVD doesn't have that the VHS has is is the sound of a top of the pops audience clapping, or yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or it going onto a, a a little bit of another program like the news or something. So, <laughs> little bits of, ask Gaspar or something. Well, you would you would have collected. I mean, as everyone did, I did this for all my favorite bands. You collect a scrapbook. Mm. And you have the scrapbook, it's very often, I used to put them on the end of, you have a couple of films on the end, yeah, there would yeah. be loads of appearances of the Pixies on the Word or something like that. Yes, yes. Over the years, you start to fetishise those. They started turning up on YouTube. People have started archiving their own VHSs. Yeah. And now you can, I was really surprised how much of this stuff you can now find if you just put it into a search engine. Yeah. The performances you remember from a child that other mm. people archived and you realise that everyone yeah. was doing it. They had Annette and also Patrick and a thing called D-I-S-C-O. They, of course, are the band from Guadalupe who call themselves Ottawan. Now, there's a band who this year have had four massive hits. Their hit during the year, or one of them, was Baggy Trousers. I'm very proud that the one thing that my father, again, recorded for me was... Smudge. Smudge. <laughs> um, was <laughs> was the, the announcement when they broke up in 86 on breakfast television. Did it make it to the news? They, they did a little piece with Frank Boff. Pop group Madness are splitting up after a string of chart successes. They had a zany and jaunty style, which made them one of the most popular bands of recent years. And it turned up in an official Madness documentary on the radio because I recognised the, the sound wow. quality. I thought, wow, my dad didn't realise all those decades ago he would be a researcher for, for a BBC documentary. <laughs> yeah, your relationship with a band like that, you feel like, oh. certainly I did at that time, mm. when before you realised other people were collectors, mm. you thought, oh, it's down to me. If, yes. I, don't, if I don't take Rapido or, yeah. or Live and Kicking or yes. Swap Shop this morning, this appearance by my favourite band will go missing forever. Yeah, yeah. And then you realised years later that everyone was doing it, so actually you didn't need to do it. But I think you did feel like you were an archivist. Do, do you think that's the, the equivalent of filming something on a... A concert on a camera phone or something. Yeah, I, I never understand that why so everyone doesn't just nominate one person to do it. Yeah. <laughs> person at the front, you do it, and we yes. all just put our phones down. Yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah. You can email us all. <laughs> but yeah, or, or maybe just get a professional camera crew in. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really nice point. You're not just preserving the broadcast, you're preserving the memory of you sitting in the front room watching it. Mm. It's almost like the camera's pointing the other way. It's pointing yeah. it into the television. But when you watch those, I can remember mm. sitting on the sofa watching those clips that I taped mm. and, and what they've done by making this this curated, beautiful, crisp, 28-track mm. madness yeah, promos yeah. DVD, weirdly, it's still got all those memories stuck in it because yes. the videos look the same. Yeah. So you can remember where you are. You'll disagree with me. I don't think there is a classic madness album. Right. As in... I know there are many, and very many people will say Liberty of Northern Folgate or one of the late ones. Unusual. Yes. In that classic run of Madness's pomp, there's not a Sergeant Pepper or a Revolver that everyone goes, that's the one. Right. They're, they're definitely a best of band. 
that if you want to get the best of madness, you buy the best of madness because right. they're a singles act. A, a singles act, right? Yeah, I, I can see. I mean, as a, as a hardcore diehard, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 yes, I because you can't see outside your little nut, totally. nutty bubble. <laughs> Yes, because it's I mean the madness the hardcore madness fans they call the people who only like the hits diviners. Oh, that's lovely. Of fez heads because uh, they always wear fez hats and, <laughs> and they only like the hits. People I know who who think they don't like madness if they go and see them go oh my god they did all them mm. and I think that the casual fandom for madness is amazing because that mm. that was the soundtrack to those childhoods. Yeah, that's who they are. What's amazing about the videos, I think, though, is that if you were going to say what is Madness's legacy, and I yeah. think they are a great band and an arguably great British band, and how I really love them, mm. not as much as you do, but I really love them, mm. I think these videos are their legacy. I think these videos, this is the thing you put in the spaceship and send it to space. Yeah. Can I explain Madness? It's this. Yes. You sort of need to see them as well as hear them. Chris, I mean, you, you become known for the videos. Was it a conscious, conscious step to step into the age of video, or just why not? Well, about the time we did Baggy Trousers, when Lee was on the wires, you know, everybody started talking about the video, and we thought, I don't know. So we got in one a few wires, you know. No, we decided to make them good. You know? They are such a visual band. I mean, that's what hooked me into them in the first place, was the way that they looked. Yeah. I remember seeing them for the first time on top of the pops in their suits and of course i was really into things like the saint and the avengers and oh yeah and and uh, you know all that james bond early six i used to love those suits and and they the way so they sharp looked, yes and the sunglasses you know they're like lee marvin from the killers or something <laughs> it's an amazing look that that first um mm. Performance and it's the, the, the prince. prince. They do the prince. Yeah, they do the prince. It's on this on this video. They, there is the top of the box performance, and there's something about it that is. They look like their logo. They look like cartoon characters. Yes, they've got this weird thing of when I was a kid, and I would have been younger than you watching the first time. I thought mm. these are the most grown up people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they don't look like a rock band. They don't look shaggy and sort of unkempt like a bunch of sort of silly people. Yeah, yeah. They look very serious, and then they're not serious. They're really silly and really funny. Yes, and then you look at them now and go, they're all about twelve. Yeah. They look like the cast of Bugsy Malone. They look like yeah. they're dressed as gangsters. <laughs> well, 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 well. <laughs> they look like pencil moustaches. They are these tiny people dressed as amazing grown-ups. Yes. And it's it's a sensational look. I mean, Suggs is only 19, I yeah. think. Yeah. Buster, he sold the heat With a rock steady beat me, Mike Barson, the keyboard player, is the most grown up by miles because he can play the piano as well. So he's yes. got an extra set of grown up talents yes. like a teacher would have. Yeah. But they're all incredibly, they're not even like cousins. They look like sort of uncles or something. <laughs> they're like tough London uncles. Yeah, yeah. And they're now looking at it and realizing how young they were. And it's not just the look, the sound, everything about them. They don't sound like, if you see the undertones, they sound mm. like a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Madison, like they've done the hours. They're professional. Yeah. They're an absolute unit. The arrangements are amazing. They are a professional, adult, grown-up band, and they're all about 12. And, and right from the, from the, that starting point, they knew how to sell themselves. Yeah. Just everything about that uh, first performance is and it's just remarkable. The way Suggs just presents himself, and all the movements and the dancing, of course, Chaz Smash. Yeah. Seeing him, I'd never seen anyone do that before. The dynamic with them as well is there's loads of them. Mm. They're not like a three-pick. It's not like a jam. There's not three mm. of them. There's, there's seven of them. Yeah. And you can't work out who does what. 
Yeah. It takes a while, even if they're holding the instruments. And they're yes. always holding their instruments. There's, there's no videos almost where they're not holding the instruments. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which one's that? Which one's <laughs> on the saxophone? They're just this gang, this sort of uh, yeah. amorphous octopus. They're constantly yes. in motion. And, and Chad Smash, you go, they've got two singers. Yeah. So which one's singing? Oh, any yeah. And you know, it's in all the videos. It took me a while to notice this. In the videos, they all sing all the lines. Yes. So as a kid, I thought they were all the singer. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's seven front men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. They're this churning sort of Bash Street kids sort of swirl of people. Yeah, yeah. This may not be uptown Jamaica, but we promise you a treat. Bust up on me over with the bogus dance, shove me off my feet. Even though I'll keep on running, I'll never get to Orange Street. I'm fascinated about this era of pop where people would turn up mm. without the intervention of either the 50s-style managers mm. or the sort of Simon Cowell-style or, or sort of uh, mm. or take-that-style Spice Girls-type managers. Yep. They've not been managed, and yet they've turned up as a complete package with a look, yes. a sound, a dance, a yeah. logo. Yeah. Like they've done it all themselves. Yeah. And, and they've done it to a professional degree that you go, would take like a, like a record label years to work out. Yeah, well, they've been going for about three years beforehand i think they started in 76 when they were the north london invaders so i suppose they've had time to sort of hone some craft it's so sharp i mean mm. it's like a it is a, a weapon that's been really an axe that's really been sharpened mm, mm. and that yeah you're right that that first impact is who are these people and yeah. where do they come from and why are they so good at this <laughs> And there's also that irreverence, how they behave on top of the pops. Lee with his little toy plastic saxophone. Yeah. Here's here's someone who could have come on and, and say, "Look, I play the saxophone." Yeah, he thought, a no, hard thing to master at that age. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to come on and play this little plastic one. I suppose the only one who did a similar kind of thing was. Bob Geldof in the Boontown Rats when he played the Candelabra, didn't he? Yeah, but I think that when, <laughs> when I see when I see another actor, when I see like Nirvana doing the mm. "We're not taking this seriously" or not miming properly, mm. it looks sulky and it looks mm. like we've said, "Oh, top of the pops is shit," and mm. so we're not going to do it properly. And madness, you all the way through it, they go, yeah. "We think pops brilliant. Yeah. We're going to do this so properly." That afterwards yes. you'll wonder why anyone really played a saxophone top of the box at all. <laughs> Remind me, why doesn't everyone play toy saxophones? Every decision, there's a layer of irony to it, mm. but not a sort of jaded, cynical, I'm bored irony. Mm. It's a very engaged, yeah. we've thought of something funny irony. And we could just stop the podcast now, and I would mm. like to just talk about humour and bands. Yeah. Bands are one of my favourite bands because they're really funny. Yes. And I have a thing where I cannot like bands who aren't funny. If a mm. band isn't funny, I'm not interested at all. I don't mean they have to be wacky. They have mm. to have a sense of humour. Led Zeppelin, quite funny. They're aware of the preposterousness of it all. Yes. Queen, brilliant. Aware of the preposterousness of it all. Even mm. Radiohead, I think, no, it's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, the thing I can't stand is a band who are taking it seriously. Too earnest. Yeah. yeah, earnestness. That's what you mustn't have. And the mm. rules were set by Hard Day's Night. Mm. When the Beatles do Hard Day's Night and they say, yeah. you're supposed to be the best band in the world and really funny. Hey, mister, can we have our ball back? And when they form the Monkees, they don't rip off the Beatles' sound. They rip off the Beatles being funny. Yes. Because they're aware that's how to be a pop group. And Madness, I think, are one of the best bands for understanding. You mm. can be funny mm. and it doesn't stop you being serious. Yeah. Because they're a very, very serious unit. Yeah. <laughs> 
inadvertent funny things about that. If you ever if you watch the whole Top of the Pops, when Cliff Richard sings his hit single at the time, I can't remember if it was It's So Funny How We Don't, yeah, yeah. you can see Suggs sitting on the set in his purple suit, <laughs> realising, oops, I shouldn't be in shot, and get up and walk away. You have a look out for it. So the first time you see Madness, they come on, they are this fully formed thing. And that yeah. first video just says to you, mm. these guys are really good. You can tell that they are fans. Mm. They're doing mm. cover versions and they're trying to be their heroes. Yes. And the process of watching these videos is the process of them moving away from there slowly towards finding mm. something that no one's ever done before. Yeah, but yeah. this, the thing that's, that's in place straight from the beginning is they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And that's really weird for these people who, yeah, they do look like children. I yeah. mean, the other thing which was integral to madness as an influence has to be Ian Dury. I mean, Suggs in his solo show pretty much says that after hearing things like What a Waste, you know, that's what inspired him that he could write about, you know, his own experiences and from from uh, the point of view of someone who comes from that part of the world, you know. I could be the driver in articulated lorry. I could be a poet, I wouldn't need to worry. I could be a teacher in a classroom full of scholars. I could be the sergeant in a squadron full of wellers. What a waste. What a waste. What a waste. He was, he was massive for them. I, he did say he once met them and the jury went, Oh, you stole my act. <laughs> So, but they became good friends, you know, with the band yeah. after that. So the music hall thing. Yes, which, which is very, very big for them. I mean, yeah. The thing that occurred to me for the first time was that what, why would this band, oh no, <laughs> really obvious, why would this band be massive for kids? Because they were mm. massive for kids. They were definitely, yeah. there was a perception for a while that they were a kid's band and you should, oh, yeah. get, you should grow out of them. Mm. So I remember you talking to me about saying that, that they're kids' music because they're pop music, but they were so for kids. Mm. And one of the reasons I think is that Almost all of their songs could be in Mary Poppins. <laughs> there's a sort of thing about them. They, they feel like there's music hall in there. There's almost mm. like a pastiche music hall like the Sherman Brothers mm. did for Mary Poppins. manic energy and characterization depiction of london depiction of ordinary life there's yes. so much in them that the injury borrowed from music hall mm. and the beatles borrowed from music hall and almost the sort of the, the borrowing of that sort of almost theatrical storytelling style mm. that's not scar that's something completely yeah theirs and very much ian dury's the idea of being a, inhabiting a character yeah yeah said something once where you, you don't know how they do it. Yeah. I Can you explain what me. you meant by that? Well, there's, there's, there's a thing. Julia always uses the, my wife always uses the comparison of Kate Bush. She says, I, I, if you've done music, if you've been in bands, and things, mm. I know, I love Neil Young. and I know how mm. he does it. Mm. As in, I know how to play country rock. I mm. can't necessarily write songs as good as Neil Young, but I know roughly what he's doing. Yeah. But with Madness, I don't know what they're doing. It's like with Kate Bush. I don't know what she's doing. I think some of it is to do with them being piano songwriters and I'm a guitarist, so I don't understand where the notes right. are going.
But there's something about madness that everyone is so busy and so interesting mm. and so dense. It's raining again. The density of detail in a madness song is off the chart, and I don't know how they do it. The only comparison I can think of in terms of pop songwriting is ABBA. Mm. That there's not a single bit they don't, don't hit a groove and just stay there. My clothes are sent right into the skin. I haven't a doubt. That this is what life is all about. The sun and the rain. There's something always going on. Some of that's yeah. down to Langer and Winston's yeah. production. They're busy. Yes. It's kitchen sink production. There's always eleven things going on. Yeah, yeah. When I listen to these songs, I'm still surprised by them. Yeah. I've not got bored with any of these songs, and I must have heard them hundreds of times in my life, and they've become wallpaper. Yeah. And I find the same thing with ABBA uh, and the Beatles, probably. Yeah. The amount of detail. Feel the rain falling on my face. I can say there is no better place. Standing up in the falling down In so much rain I could almost drown I was, I was in a student band with some pretty good musicians, tr- truth be told, and we did all covers, and Madness was head and shoulders so hard to do over. Yeah. The blockheads were hard to do. It's that thing Stephen Fry said about Abbott, that they are mm. so much better than they need to be. Yeah. Madness are a pop group. Mm. You were quite young when you liked them, so they, they're yes. a pop group for children, sort of. Yeah. They were on Saturday morning TV. Mm. They're meant to be shit. They yeah. should be like a disposable Chin and Chapman bit of crap pop. Yeah. And they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Andy Partridge of XTC, he said that Madness were the yes of two-tone. <laughs> That's it. He's impressed all the weird time signatures. He said they're like a prog rock band. They make the chill. Watching over the evolution of the band, mm. very, very quickly, sort of psychedelia and 60s influences and things yes. are coming in. The mm. first couple of videos are straight, lovely, celebratory, we like Scar. Mm. It's really charming that these little kids are really, really into Scar. Yeah. And then with a couple of a couple of songs, you're going, hang on, where, where's all this coming from? So begins another weary day. So begins another seamlessly weaving this stuff and by about sort of 10 songs in you're going this is nothing to do with Scott <laughs> yeah yeah well they were quite influenced by each member of the band of their own influences but things like Roxy Music and Genesis really? I mean Lee used to go the, the sax player Tomo used yeah. to go and see Genesis play in fact he got the idea of he always wanted to be suspended from wires because Peter Gabriel would come on flying across the stage and he thought oh I'll have some of that I mean how long did it take to do that film clip 
really quick, only an afternoon. Yeah? All he did was, well, should we should give it away? Our secret. No, no, no. I've got a dozen secrets. I mean, how did you have him flying around there? Lee just flew. Lee's. Lee does actually fly. Yeah, he can fly. I remembered these videos, kind of, if you're a certain age, they're ambient. So I thought, I'll try and watch them again as if I've landed from Mars and I watched them the first time. And I thought, these are the same as all the other pop videos. They're the same as Ashes to Ashes. Mm. They're all these weird sort of mime artists in theatrical makeup. Yeah. They're using props. There's a lot of magical mystery too, and there's sort of yeah. experimental British pop art films. They're dressed up as sort of characters from Alice mm. in Wonderland. They've got pure psychedelia all the way through them. There's nothing in them that isn't in David Mallett's videos for mm. David Bowie yeah. for the same period. Hey, you! Don't watch that! The genesisness of it, the art schoolness of it, and they're not mm. an art school band. They're not no. that, but it's prog as hell the mm. way it looks. And yet, at no point as a kid did I go, they're, they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, because the values are different. But the imagination, the British whimsy of it, which well, Bonzo's, it's, yeah, yeah, totally. Buster, he sold the heat with a rock steady beat. It was looking at them and realising how much makeup they're wearing. Yeah. They're stage guys. It's really a yeah. uh, really well-informed and educated dress-up. If you look at, say, for example, Grey Day video, although it's not new romantic in, in musically, but it's they're very new romantic. There's looking. mannequins and stuff in that There's, one, isn't Yes, there? and they, they do even a bit of robotics. Yeah. And they've got all grey makeup on. Yes, it's a bit visage yeah, and things. Yes. Watching it again and realising, oh, this is part of an amazing movement mm. of British music. And British music videos. Mm. And one of the videos ends up with a little on-screen caption saying, another cheap video. Yeah. And you go, they're not, though. Tom O says they're about six grand each. They don't. Weirdly, even though they're just dress-up boxes, yeah. they don't look like it. They're as busy. There's mm. not... Again, if you say, is there a thing that happens twice in a madness video? No. Mm. Uh, if the idea is that uh, Suggs is out in the rain singing the song in the rain, mm. you'll be inside his head in a minute with a big fake finger yeah, and everyone yeah. with umbrellas on their heads. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens twice. <laughs> Each verse has its own look or an own idea. The moment that leads up on a wire, mm. then they'll be underwater. It, yeah, they yeah, keep yeah, changing. Yeah, yeah. There's not a video which is... Uh, there are plenty of bands I love from that era who mm. do a video. The Psychotic First will do a video where they're in the rain. Yes. And that is... All that happens in the video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The teardrop explodes are in a Jeep, driving round and round and round. Yes. That's all that happens. Madness. Every verse, they've got a new idea. Yeah, so many ideas. Watch those videos, and they are seamlessly from the same world as children's television, sketch shows, and comedy shows of that era. Yes. They've got that Benny Hill energy. The sax yes. isn't helping, but they've got that Benny Hill energy. They're a lot of the goodies. Yeah. Well, the sharp cuts, the dressing up. Well, Woody says when they did Driving in My Car that they playing the skeleton like a xylophone Ooh. is from the goodies. Yeah, it's loads of, it's sketch show stuff. And obviously that era, it's, again, we've been talking about sort of their, their relationship with, say, prog mm. and inverted commas, serious rock act at the time, that when, when Bowie's doing Ashes to Ashes and Let's Dance and things, the director of those videos mm. is David Mallett. Mm. Who Bowie got from the Kenny Everett video show. So the guys from the BBC comedy department were inventing what pop video was anyway. So mm. when MTV buy these videos up and make a big hit out of our house, yeah. they're borrowing sort of British comedy tropes. Right. Mm. And madness, it suddenly struck me watching this, are part of exactly that same heritage of how do you illustrate a song? Well, you do a Kenny Everett sketch with it. 
you dress up yes. and you make maybe you make your bottom go really big and fly in the air. Yeah. And there's a real <laughs> sort of yeah, Kenny Everett feel to yeah. it. But that's also happening in serious art rock at the time. They're, they're, yes. they're blurring. And the, the blurring of rock and comedy mm. and pop music and comedy uh, is really important to British culture, I think. That's exactly this type of communal street life that the high-rise block is destroying. I think one madness is such a vital part of that. Yes. Because it's all... It's all cut from the same cloth. And if you like mm. comedy, mm. you'll recognise all this. Do, uh, do any of you lot know Summer Holiday by Cliff Richard? Yeah. You am it. I'll smash your face in. I'll go sit over there. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. And if you're, sort of, if you're a youngster who's into whatever, the young, the young ones, has mm. madness in it. Madness yeah. will turn up in the young ones. Yes. Well, and they'll do a song for you. Apparently, it must be love. Video was inspired by arsenic and old lace because they love the Ealing stuff. You can see like Max Wall and Tommy Cooper. Definitely, even the way Suggs talks has a little bit of a like he's doing variety or something. Yeah, that that stuff that inflects. If you look at the history of British rock, I think one of the things that. uh, Kind of the, the Rolling Stone version of, of rock history, which is all very serious, ignores so much comedy. I mean, John Lydon moaning about this, saying that no one gets the joke. Oh. And they, oh, he's doing a musical, he's being a bit of Fagin, yeah. a bit of Hancock in there. Peter Cook. There's, yeah, a bit of, <laughs> of E.L. Whisty in there. The, the, the way that and Bowie always doing Pete and Dud with Brian Eno and things. Yes. That sometimes the serious study of serious rock mm. ignores how much rock, people tend to really like comedy. George Harrison funds Life mm. of Brian. They they all like the, the, the mm. Beatles, like the goons. Yes. That it all comes from the same uh, well. Mm. And the well is sort of slightly, sort of, I don't know, uh, being cheeky, mm. being naughty at school, disobedient, not liking mm. authority. The same people can go into comedy and music. And I love the way that Madness are, um, they're, they're really funny and they're never silly. It's like, is it Bathos? Yeah, it's, it's you've got somewhere to fall from. Yeah, it's the the comedy undercuts the seriousness. Yeah, it's very clever. When she gets thrown out, three bags at a time. She spies the old chap in the road to share her bags with. She has bags of time. This whole there are kids band. I mean, that was a real albatross for me when I would get criticised as a teenager, oh, kids like them. And I suppose it does boil down to those videos. I think that's yeah. why kids like them, because they were larking about. Imagine if they had made those videos, because some of the songs are very serious. Yeah, yeah. Like embarrassment yeah. Uh, is a serious subject matter about racism. One Better Day about One, homelessness. Yeah, and, and uh, Grey Day, which is about paranoia and, and depression. band with lyrically it's obviously they did have their their silly moments but they 
But I think, yeah, a lot of it is because they're larking around in the videos. Really. You're right. They're a witty band. Mm. No, God, they're not po-faced. They're not earnest. Mm. But it's not that they're Weird Al Yankovic. It's not that they're, they've yeah, got like yeah. a bunch of gags. In. They're not, they're, not that they're bonzos. They've not got musical jokes. Everything about it is really sincere. Mm. There is no place he can ever call his own. He seems to jump at the sound of the Well, they would just come in with loads of ideas. And, yeah, Dave Robinson, the manager of Stiff Records, he would direct them. That's incredible. But he, he said that um, because they had such short attention spans, they only ever did two takes of anything before if, they got bored. But it feels like that. And there's, there's the things where if you watch the um, the classic videos, they start to get more and more sort of Baroque and there's a mm. house and things yeah. like that, where... Where they're suddenly they're in a boardroom, then they're suddenly somewhere else, and they're dressed in one costume, then another costume. Mm. What it's got is this sort of restless questing to do something new because they're going to get mm. bored. Mm. And maybe it's because there's seven of them, and they've all got a voice yeah. that all their ideas have been included. Yes, and they all the get, democracy creates that interest. Absolutely, they all get a good crack at the whip. It's yeah. not all about sugs. Not at all. Like you say, they all sing a line each. Although interestingly, if you notice that they often all dressed the same. Yes, in each video. And I found that because the thing about man, which obviously you as a huge fan will go, mm. oh, I can recognise them all instantly. And I thought I could. But mm. sometimes I lose track of which one's which because they're yes. all dressed as one thing or another. Mm. And, it, and it's cutting between them so fast. And, and it's not necessarily the lead singer who's singing. So mm. anyone can... T- I kept losing track of people. And it did feel like... I felt like I was a, I was a teacher in, in charge of a, an unruly class. I couldn't work yes. out who was doing what. And th- that feeling of them being, yeah, the Bass Street kids or something, like a mm. little sort of anarchic gang... It's created yeah. by them all being dressed the same and all busy, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the uh, the sunglasses as well as a oh. big thing. They must be one of those few bands that if you take off their sunglasses, they won't be recognised. <laughs> Like Eric Morecambe yeah. used, to, used to take his glasses off and no one would bother him. Yeah, he's got a face you don't recognise. It's really mm. funny when someone gets cast as Eric Morecambe, you always go, they don't look like him. Glasses go on, they always do. <laughs> um, you must have loved that as a kid because the dress-up of Madness, it was one of the easiest fancy dress costumes. Yeah. If you went to a party, you could go and, and do the nutty train uh, a part at a disco. Well, I, I, when I basically, as a teenager, completely modelled my image on them. So I, I used to wear suits and, and the sunglasses and had the flat top or I was a skinhead and had all that kind of paraphernalia. Going to flip in Hollywood, uh, you know, the shop that used to be up in Long Acre. And, uh, yeah, I quite like 60s clothes. I always have, actually. And, uh, I mean, we were influenced by a lot of things in the 60s, tonic suits and um, short haircuts. Smart, clean living lifestyles. I used to buy them old 60s suits in there, which were... Quite hard to come by even then. So was it? I think it was. It was hard to get them, but affordable. Isn't like it's yes, it was kit. affordable. And then you, my mum, would always have to take in the trousers because <laughs> it'd be some American fat American guy, you know, and there'd be some unusual kind of wee wee stains <laughs> on the on the lining, which yeah, a bit Turin shroud. So um, <laughs> some of these trousers are so big, they're like an altar cloth you could remove from it. Um, yeah, and and I had another friend who used to, or a couple of friends who used to like dressing up like Chaz Smash, and we used to go to these flea markets or Carnaby Street, both desperately trying to find the, the right pair of shades yeah. before the other one did, you know. <laughs> 
But it's, it's an achievable look. It's not like Duran Duran where you might have to have designer clothes or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not even actually, it's sharp, but it's not like a mod thing where you're showing off, well, they, it's cost you a fortune to buy a suit. Well, they love the American look. That That's the thing. That's what was their key influence. You know, they used to wear their, their baseball jackets and the yeah. bomber jackets. The bomber jacket, you know, it's it's Steve McQueen in bullets, you know. Yeah. That's that's the whole image they were going for. Very Americanized. Detective Lieutenant Frank Bullet, some other kind of cop. Pity the guy he works for. Their declared intention, mm. even down to being called Madness and doing the prints and things mm. like that, is to honour their heroes, to almost mm. be like a covers band, like a revival yes. band. And they're not that at all. They've got their own look. And they're, they're, mm. everything that they're not borrowing everything from their from mm. the, from the people they they admire. Mm. They're not even copying it. They're they're doing that lovely British thing of doing a, a photocopy that goes wrong. Yes, it's a genetic mutation. There's a mm. the, the the copy gets mutated and it grows wings. Yes, and it's just, if they were like a straight scar revival band, mm. which you might get now inspired by madness. Yeah, they'd be so much less interesting than this sort of the indecisiveness, the itchiness, the restlessness of them is what makes. The music's so brilliant, and the video's so brilliant, and the look's so brilliant. Yeah, and, and you're right about the whole Scar thing. They just have so little of it in their canon of music, really. This, I, I mean, mean, it's like, great when they do it. Yeah, yeah, great when they do it, but there's not really that much of it. It's like, but then people, like you see the, the comments on YouTube, it'd be like Our House video, and you'll get someone saying, oh, this is the best Scar record ever made. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You can imagine these videos being done really badly. You can imagine yeah. a band who weren't so sure of what they were doing, who didn't have such a firm grasp on it. Weirdly, these videos look like if you were to do a satire of a, of a, a like a pop band, mm. and they went, "We want to appeal to kids. We want to get you on the Tiswas and the Saturday Morning TV. You're mm. going to have to dress up in a goofy costume." Yeah. And, look, and, the, and in that story, the band would go, "We don't want to do that. It'll make us look stupid." Mm. Madness have said, "Yep." And we're in complete <laughs> control of this. They're doing the thing that in a shitty sort of uh, bio, a fake biopic, the yeah, band yeah. are forced to do and they lose all their dignity. Yeah. Man has retained all their dignity while dressing up as children's cartoon characters. I'm a moody yeah, pop, moody pop star. star. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, the thing is, it. I mean, we don't overdo it. We do it as it comes, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't go out of my way to not be a pop star. One thing that really sums them up for me, their image, is encapsulates it, is the cover of the Complete Madness Greatest Hits. Hang on, what I'll do is I'm going to go, because uh, we're in actually in the room full of records, I'm going to go and get there. Right. Uh, visual aid. It's really good for podcasts. You should always make sure you have the actual... Oh, there you go. Gonna flat this That's the sound of Complete Madness in front of the microphone. That's the gatefold version. Yeah, nice. 16, 16 hit tracks. tracks in three years. <laughs> 16. I... 
I just just I just love it because they are you know all that you can see all their personalities shining through. Yeah, and it's the shit eating rictus grins. Yeah, it's, there's something very almost sarcastic. You know, we're pop stars. Look, that's yeah. You know, no that's the Osmonds, isn't it? Taking no one's a- twisted anyone's arm. What's yeah. astonishing is you look at that lineup, and they've mm. got there's a little bit there's bowler hats and glasses. There's a little bit of clockwork orange threat. They were always weirdly threatening, like mm. a like the Weetabix skinheads. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They were threatening, but weirdly, totally harmless. Yes, and that's a really hard balance to get. So kids like them, but they look like a street gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. I know what the rules are with Led Zeppelin. They're meant to be sort of mm. rock gods, but I don't know because I'm not familiar with the language of this. Isn't mm. even the language of Scar? They're not in Scar suits. No, they're 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 some amazing carnival that's turned, yes. rolled into town. There's a circusness to madness. Yeah, that yeah. these videos are. And again, if you just as you said, the music is quite melancholic. It's quite clever. If you just listen mm. to it. Can you imagine being born into a world where you had never seen Madness and only heard the records? Yeah. You wouldn't know who Madness were because the no. visuals are yeah, half yeah. of the story. And he, he sucks his vocals are very plaintive. Yeah. And soft. The lovely voice. I need a moment to reflect on the friendships I had wrecked. Why is it time? Don't I always try? Well, that was the thing with Madness. You really got value for money. I mean, it drove poor old Mike Parson to leave the band because they were a production line and they were expected... Is he the chief songwriter? He he was the sort of musical brains behind the outfit, really. He was He galvanised them and cracked the whip. Yeah. Remarkable musical brain. And uh, he found the pressure so much that he left the band in the early eight, uh, 83, I think, 84. Didn't he come back for a couple of videos? After he's left, he comes back and does the videos yes, for the songs uh, he which in, is very sweet of him, I think. Yes, but he said he did feel a bit like a fish out of water. You can, It's a nice little moment in Sun and the Rain where his arms get longer and longer as he's yeah. playing. That's because he was... F- Leaving the band. Lee's idea that it was this distancing. And oh in Michael Caine, he just gets up and walks away and the piano's playing by itself. I am Michael Caine. That's really that's yeah. really poignant because I I didn't realize I knew he left and because I know the story of Madness through the videos I didn't oh. realize he'd left earlier while he was still in the videos yeah and that's quite heartbreaking. Well, it, it, it was for him I think, but he just it, the pressure was too much. I mean, they were cranking out three singles and B-sides yeah. and extra tracks on the 12-inch and an album, you know, every year. Yeah. To keep up that, I mean, it was always so exciting. You, There was always something new around the corner. And, the, and like you say, the variety yeah, yeah. that you'd get. Madness is that within a note or two of any madness song, oh, it's madness. Yeah. And yet they're all different. Yeah. They've got a really good breadth of songwriting, trying new things, doing yes. new stuff, and yet totally recognizable at any given second. Oh, 
A straw-headed woman and a barrel-chested man A pocket full of posies with a hand-rim full of sand Waiting for the train that never comes How do you classify a, a, a song like House of Fun? What is what it? What is it? That's like a song from a musical. It's illustrating a story. It's mm. part of a bigger story. That, that mm. you can understand. I think there was a wasn't it Ben Elton and Richard Curtis were going to do a sitcom with them. They did record a pilot. Did they? Yes. Oh my god! The, I didn't know the producer Jeff Posner was oh. behind it, and uh, yeah, I was, I've seen it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's it ain't great, but it's some it's it's. <laughs> But it, it's, it's, there are some very funny moments. You'd completely believe that would be the next thing you do because they've mm. got narrative songwriting. Also, I've got to say another thing Jeff Posner's done. You know, Jeff Posner's most unexpected claim to fame, he is underneath the table in Morecambe Wise's breakfast yes. routine, pushing the toast up. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, I love Jeff Posner, uh, who obviously did all the Victoria Wood stuff and everything else. Uh, but yeah. also, yes, also the Madness sitcom I've just learned. They don't appear to have rules. And again, if they were a different sort of band, if they were even a cool band, mm. you'd know, if they were Echo and the Bunny Men, every song would have to be cool. They'd have mm. to be a bit cool and moody and wear long coats. Mm. That's going on at the same time. It's possible to be a goth or something. Mm. The historic thing about Mathis is the only rule is they've got to be nutty. <laughs> and they're number one in a field of one. Because no <laughs> other band, there are bands, that's right, things sort of like, oh, Motorhead are the fastest, or the Who are the loudest. Yes. Madness are the nuttiest. <laughs> How is this nutty? No one else. <laughs> it's a brilliant thing. As long as the, the thing feels a bit nutty. Yes. Uh, you have to look out for me because I'm a bit nutty. Aren't I, everybody? And as you pointed out, not necessarily the songwriting has, doesn't have to be nutty. It just has to be a bit unhinged. Yeah. Talking of Echo and the Bunnymen, do you know they once supported Madness? What? <laughs> And they got booed by the audience. It's very oh. difficult to support madness. Not many people can pull it off. Well, back in the old days, it's probably a bit different now. But, yeah, and Suggs came on stage and told off the audience. Really? Yeah, he said, you've Leave got to give these alone. young people a chance. <laughs> oh, no. And that was that, yeah. Was that, I mean, you as a you were obviously a, you are a lifelong Madness fan. You were a big fan. Mm. Was it a thing, I mean, you like loads of music as well. But yes. You've, you've held on to Madness. Was there a thing where if you're a Madness fan, some people were just Madness fans? Because they, 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 all their furrow is so unique that you could just like Madness and nothing else. Well, you know how tribal it used to be in, in, in the 80s. So you felt like you had to keep the other bands you liked sort of cards close to your chest. Really? If you like Madness, you were allowed to like The Jam. <laughs> you were allowed to like... Um, Dexies of Midnight Runners, you're allowed to like all the other ska bands, but oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't broadcast you're into Japan, really, or Heaven Seventeen, maybe Pig Bag is the is the, the <laughs> crossover. If they've got to have brass, without brass, it doesn't work. Yeah, well, that, that, that sax was, and trumpets. Well, I used to, yeah, that's how I got into a lot of jazz because suits, brass, right? It's, it's nothing like madness, but it's it's all suits, short haircuts, and. And brass, brass, not brass. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I liked all kinds of music, but madness 
yeah, one of my favourite. As soon as I wake up, every night, every day, I know that it's you I need to take the blues away. It must be love, love, love. What they're doing is so unique, so idiosyncratic, that blend of, and again, this is why it's so brilliant you've brought the mm. videos rather than an album. We could talk about an album mm. or even a best of all day, and we'd only talk about the music. Yeah. But by incorporating the visuals and the look and the aesthetic and the energy and the performance style, there's no one like them. Mm. And most of the time when someone talks about this, I was watching, because um, Wilco Johnson had died, I was watching Oil City Confidential, the do- Julian Oh, Temple, yes, yes. Lovely documentary about, about Wilco Johnson and Lee Brillo and, and Dr. Feelgood, and it's great. And I've had a little bit of, County Pride, because that's my county, and oh. it looks shit, and I thought it was hilarious that tourists turn up to go and see Canvey Island. That made me laugh. But I was watching it and thinking, right, so what you're telling me, and I can tell, I mean, oh. if you listen to the records, they're a great band. Mm. But what I can tell from the records is I bet they were incredible live. Yeah. I bet they were absolutely incredible. I bet most of liking Dr. Feelgood will be down to the fact you went to go and see them live at some point, and went, I've mm. never seen anything like that. I don't need to know what Madness are like live because of the videos. Mm. Yeah. They're a band who are obviously an astonishing package, mm. including their live performance. But for the first time, uniquely, they've bottled that mm. into a series of 28 pop promos mm. so I can go and see them whenever I want to. Yeah. Most bands' videos are shit. <laughs> and Manus's videos make them better. <laughs> it's interesting you, you were talking about your, your old stomping ground as, why would anyone want to go here and <laughs> Uh, there was a great observation made by the music journalist Taylor Parks yeah. on the Chart Music podcast, a, lovely, a rival lovely podcast. podcast. Yes, other podcasts are available, yes. including Chart Music. And, which is excellent. and they were looking at uh, the Shut Up video. Yeah, and, the, and his observation was: there's never any sunshine. Yes, <laughs> it's always the sky is always so pallid, and it's very that era, isn't it? It's really odd. I, there's a theory about why you think the past was sunnier, and apparently Kodak film. <laughs> Bias is yellow, so it looks more yellow. Apparently, right. in Japan, uh, their film was Fujin, it biases mm. blue, and they don't think that. We yeah. think the past was sunnier. Yes. There's something weird about uh, about film mm. between 1978 and 1986 that everything's yeah. overcast <laughs> on, like, uh, the Sweeney and things. It looks... Mm. London's, uh, London was dirty anyway, but mm. everywhere looks dirty yes. and overcast and rainy. It's very odd when you get towards the end of the videos and they're starting to do videos in the 90s mm. and suddenly everything's really bright again you go, yeah. the great thing about man is they're dancing around in the most colorful crazy costumes like sort of yes. like the merry pranksters under this awful oh, gray sky the color of flannel it's like, <laughs> it's like they're always slightly chilly the film picked up light differently so mm. it, this looks like this and the videos that the jam did mm. and everyone did they look a little bit overcast, a little bit grey, and I think it, it's it's odd. They appear to be having fun in the same world as Joy Division aren't having fun. Yes, and it maybe it makes them even more magical. They're just dancing around on this glowering sky. <laughs> and it, going back to the tribal thing of of youth and the snobbery you you have is I didn't. I always felt suspicious of Duran Duran's videos, right? Because they were posers. They yeah. were on the boats with all the bright blue sea and the you know all the girls and everything and it's like i remember your life wasn't like that <laughs> my life my life was wearing sunglasses and running around in a field i remember when club tropicana came out and my friends just raving about this video and watching it over and over again and i 
remember it making me cross because they, they again, oh, yeah, posers by the... And yeah. obviously, when I look at it now, it's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's, they're taking a mickey yeah, out I, of that. But I didn't I didn't see that level. I don't think I realised that at the time. That, 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 that level yes. of irony on there, I think uh, other people got and I missed it. <laughs> yes, yes. I found Mad Dislike resonated and could relate to their videos much more than I could to seeing um, Spandau Ballet, I suppose. If you got a video camera and you were a fan of madness, oh. you could, and of course the answer is no, you couldn't. You could go out and make one of these. Yeah. As in, you could get your mates together and dance yeah. around, and you could mime to to one of the songs you liked, and you could ask about in a field with a dressing up box. Yes, it's got a lovely uh, something I think is really important, especially when you're a kid, is for you to watch things that mm. aren't unachievable. Mm. And at the same time as they're doing this, there's all this very glossy as MTV takes over. Yeah, very glossy, very unachievable things. But the the punkiness of this is mm. that it looks like all you need to do is get a cheap suit and some sunglasses and pull a few nutty poses. Mm. The kit. For you to do it is completely accessible. Yeah. Well, we did. We did make a couple of madness videos, but never actually completed them. You know, we. I've got rushes, so, <laughs> so to speak, of yeah, wearing a pork pie hats and shades and running down the cul-de-sac. You know, I mean, yeah, you couldn't get further from Camden than East Grinstead. Making a madness video, yeah. particularly since they've got videos with kids in, it looks really accessible. Oh, I used to. Be quite jealous of those kids. What, the kids in the background of the videos? Yeah. Go, why, am, why can't I be in it? Even that Colgate advert that came out where they sing... Blue Minty Gel. Blue Minty Gel. Mum and Dad use it as well. those kids thinking how dare they <laughs> why didn't why wasn't i in that advert yeah they didn't put the call out to east grinstead yeah colgate new blue minty gel you'll love it did you sort of fantasize about being in the band did you, did you, did you oh, want yeah. to be did you want to learn a musical instrument and join the band or was it just that you wanted to be do the antics well i, I did buy a trumpet and started to practice that at, when i was at college but all i could play was so just just the gangsters thing and then um that, that just fell apart that trumpet cost me 30 quid second hand maybe that's one of the lovely things about these videos they make it look like it's easy because they've done this incredibly mm. complicated songwriting mm. that's broken Mike Marson's brain. Yeah. Incredibly complicated production, arrangements, mm. lyrics, everything's really well done. Mm. And then they go out and film a thing where they arse about. And it makes it look like they were arsing about in the studio. And they mm. clearly weren't. It yeah. does make it look like it's fun being in a band. Yeah. Weirdly, while well, the music makes it look like it's a perfect piece of pop. Mm. And the idea of perfect pop is it's meant to be uh, factory produced. And yet the yes. videos keep saying, we were just arsing about. And you go, mm. oh, that tension between those two things. The perfection of the sound and the splashiness of what they're showing you mm. makes you go, what, what, could, I, could I do that? 
Now go off and try and write one of these songs, and the answer is no, you can't. Well, because comedy is a very serious business, even though they're not comedians. But like when you were saying earlier on that it's like a costume you can put on. Yeah. That was when I actually did see them in the civvies. Uh, that was a bit of a shock. I, really? went, I went up with a mate to see them play at the, the Christmas gig, 83, at the Lyceum, where the Lion King is now. You can't, <laughs> you can't crowd surf during that anymore, apparently. <laughs> and, and it was just a magical day, and we went up very early hoping we could meet them. And we got to go backstage during the sound check. We were invited wow. in uh, by this roadie to help blow up balloons. Box up balloons with a and it was weird to see the band come in in trainers and, and sportswear and before they turned and, on madness yeah yeah with serious faces and, and Carl Chaz Smash he was quite scary really <laughs> smoking away and and there were we both dressed up like off the peg sugs so you're dre- you're dressed up and they're not and it's yes that's revealing I suppose that this is an astonishing pop performance mm. but with a I don't know it's really strange because it doesn't feel dishonest it doesn't feel like when you when you often see when you see a, a pop performer mm. you're buying into the idea that they're a, a, like a like a golden god they're mm. Mark Bolan they're like mm. the ultimate peacock yes but they don't play that they say hey we're just a bunch of mates asking about yeah, yeah. before and after the lovely thing on these videos is where before and after you see them messing about in the street doing little sketches mm. and comedy mm. things that are genuinely quite funny and they're quite yes. witty and they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just a bunch of mates asking about but you don't get to see mm. how they really are you don't get to see the real madness. No, there's this all is, masks. This is all, yeah, this is all theatrical. This is all masks. But for a band who pride themselves on honesty in their lyrics and honesty mm. in their performance, that's really... The, the thing said about Ian Jury, where, where mm. Suggs realises, I can use my own voice. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't use your own voice literally. You can't actually yeah. be you. You still mm. need to be Ian Jury. You still yeah. need to be Suggs. Yeah. They're all characters. They've all got names. And it has become a sort of brand for them now. They're one of those bands, a bit like The Cure, who... If this on an arena stage still look like they did, yeah, because they've got a very iconic, yeah, they're all about look. silhouettes. I mean, but the way they move again, mm. you go back to that first video, first person on top of the pop, they're teaching you a way to move, mm. a way to sing, a way to stand, a way to hold the bass. They've invented all this stuff and they just stay still doing that. They are, mm. they are the ultimate oh. manufactured band, but they made it themselves, yes, yeah. <laughs> Every layer of it is is their own invention. But you can just just sugs the way he moves uh, that sort of jerky hands clasped in front of him. As a British person of a certain age, the temptation is to take them completely for granted and to go, oh yes, it's madness. They were on kids' shows. In the, mm. they, they were always they were always doing this. I watched these videos in order, and I will tell you what I said at the end of every single one. I went, fucking hell. Look, what have I become? Distancing myself so far and from But gazing up, I wait the night boat on For now it's heaven in deepest Tottenham And 
that's what you're supposed to say when you've seen, I don't know, a laser harp or a yeah. huge like, explosion. <laughs> you're supposed to say, I've seen Led Zeppelin. Or, or, or an animatronic head disembodied like the one in um well boys yeah yeah or, or, or motorhead's bomber or mm. when he was in metallica and they built mm. the statue of liberty and blew it up mm. my reaction at the end of each of these was genuinely i went that is astonishing at every level the music what i was listening to the performances mm. everything was so good the british uh tripavers love to put uh people, people in, in certain brackets yeah. well, i don't think they've really found one for us yet so right. i good. think you know, the category we should be in is good and they haven't found that yet, so... I mean, it's, it's so funny, because what we're talking about here is just like, a, like just joy, just joy. And I know you've got piles and piles of bits of paper with all these facts and notes about this. Yeah, I've barely I spoken know. about anything like I that. I know, I know, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there, there's so much... I mean, we, we could have gone into huge detail about where everything was filmed and stuff like that, and we've just found ourselves just yabbering on about... about some kind of bottled glee that's in these things. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you must know everything in the world about these well, videos. <laughs> well, because, I mean, it's they're very uh, uh, poignant to me because I live in n- that part of North London. Oh, right. So I walk past the school in Kentish Town <laughs> where they did baggy trousers. I, Royal College Street is where in Grey Day when they're all marching along in the nutty train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been down, that's where Swanky Modes is on the corner of Royal College Street where... Uh, Suggs um, and and Bet Bright and his wife, you know, first met or whatever, and uh, yeah, so it's you. It's, if it's you a live, bit of psychogeography for you. Yes, if it? you live in Camden or uh, Archway or Kentish Town, which I have, you know, you just every 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 corner's got a bit of a madness video there somewhere. But if you want to find out more, there's a, a brilliant website called uh, Seven Ragged Men, uh, run by this guy where he's, he's or millions and interviews and facts about madness. And the guy, Ian Mason, very helpful to me. But I didn't use any of your notes, Ian, so there you go. <laughs> I think the temptation, because it's funny, mm. and we've talked about this a lot on mm. this podcast, especially when we do comedy, because it's funny, it's, mm. oh, it must be easy. Mm. No. If you compare them to, say, like, the band they used to get compared to a lot back in the 80s was Bad Manners. Mm. Well, you know, a very good time, fun band, you know. Yeah. I love them. But you can see from the Bad Manners videos, they just don't have that lightning in a bottle. They just, yeah. they're larking about, they're doing similar, co- even Ian Drew in the Blockheads did a comedy video in the style of madness, and it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. There's something that, they do, and it's Dave Robinson as well with his direction. He directed most of them. I think by the end, they were sometimes directing them themselves. What but- a skill set, though. Mm. What a skill set for a band. These, these seven guys have got all this stuff. They mm. do these brilliant songs, great performers, terrific live band, all this sort of stuff. Mm. They're really young, and they've got these ideas, and they do this stuff that is about as good as pop videos are. And people sort of parody them. And Britpop mm. is full of people trying to do madness videos. I suppose the closest of that was when Blur did Park Life. Yeah. So video's not unlike our house. I think Suggs went, Oi, you've stolen my act. <laughs> yes, it's just the return of Ian Jerry, the resentment. And of course, they, they finished this, this video by, by inviting Ian Jerry back. Oh, well, that's, yeah, the final video on that DVD collection. Yeah. They've made plenty of music after that and great music and great videos even. But yeah, yeah. this is the cutoff point. It's 99. And yeah, they got Ian Jerry in and they asked him, do you, do you want to be in a video called Drip Fed Fred? And of course he was, on a drip at this point so yeah. you take the piss 
<laughs> so, no, it's about corruption and politics. And he was very frail, and you can see he'd been carried around in this sedan chair. We want ready for there's quite an act of sort of respect and honour. Mm. They're carrying him around at the end and, yeah. and sort of returning the favour and sort of saying, you you gave us a, a clue. But as you said, I don't think, I mean, I love Ian Deary and I know you do. Mm. He didn't do anything like this. He hasn't got 22 of these videos. No. There's something really unique in that they, they are a very respectful band who love mm. their influences. Yeah. But they transcend their influences at every single point and they do. Yeah. I was blown away watching these again, in a way that maybe the Ashes to Ashes video looks a bit funny now. Yes. They were events. Yeah. You would be, oh, I knew Madness video is going to be on Top of the Pops tonight. You'd be so excited to see what they're up to. Dave Robinson said he treated them like commercials. Yeah. For the band, really. Yeah. Which the... is what they are, promotional videos. I don't think there's any band from this era, or possibly even since, who've understood better what a pop video is for. Mm. This is a demonstration of what you can do with a pop video, which yeah. is just advertise your song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's no shame in that. Yes, yes. And the number of cool bands who won't do it. Uh, the kind of videos I used to watch for my favourite songs, and they'd illustrate it by, by seeing some out-of-focus footage of like a dog on a beach. Yes, And you yeah. want to go, come on! Get up yeah. in the air on a wire. Yeah. Well, well Sug says... Uh, <laughs> Play the sax underwater. So Paul, Paul Wello said, oh, I hate doing videos. I feel so self-conscious. I wish I could be like you guys. <laughs> and they suffered for their art as well. You talk about playing a saxophone underwater. Yeah. Chrissy Boy, the guitarist, said it, it, he wanted to have a piece of the underwater action as well. Oh. He said, but my guitar was made of wood. So, <laughs> so I kept floating up. Oh, my God. So I had to put bricks in my pockets. Oh my and he God. said, no, I nearly bloody drowned that day. What it makes me think of is how brilliant it is when you watch something like, like Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And you watch it and you go, this is effortless and full of joy mm. and uplifting. And then you watch a documentary or listen to the DVD commentary or read an article and they mm. go, yeah, their feet were bleeding. They've been up since six in the morning doing this. Yes. And there's a... <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that if that looks effortless and fun, I bet it was really hard work. Yes, Gene Kelly got trench for <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, 11 people died filming yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think the, the lightness of these, the joy of them, the fact that they are, they, they, they've soundtracked your life and they're, they're so deep inside you, it's obvious that a load of work went into them. Being nutty mm. hurts. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like Lee Thompson when he did a, a sax player... In baggy trousers, they they had him kind of in this harness flying around. It's, it was the the strap on his groin. So he was <laughs> literally his genitals were completely black by the end of the day. And you know what? They apparently there was uh, a hair in the gate or something, oh, and they no. could or they exposed the film. So what we see is just a practice run. Oh my god! All the main stuff of him being suspended and flying around chroma key doubt wires and you know oh that it was never seen that's amazing i think that's that's the story here is that the, the work that's gone into this mm. beautiful craftsmanship and that's why i still enjoy them i i that it just means so much to me it just transcends just nostalgia yeah because they are like little works of art little masterpieces absolutely undeniable and Lee is wearing Peter Eustonoff's trousers. That's astonishing. I can't, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Paul, for bringing on Peter Eustonoff's trousers. Thank you. It's a pleasure. 
Comfort Blanket was presented and produced by Joel Morris for the Cheese and Pickle family of podcasts. Find us on social media and don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs>